Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brennan McCullough and Whitney Nelson is returning to the show. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing alright. Nice balmy 97 degrees and almost around Halloween. You know. It's great. I, I love it. I don't envy you at all, it's Brennan. So, it's so <laughs> hot and it's so close to Halloween and I hate every second about it. I'm very into like my... High 50s, low 60s, yes. occasionally misty mm-hmm. rain thing that we've got going on. It's very October, and it's very nice. Come back to the correct coast, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween was great in Pennsylvania because you would wear the big baggy Halloween costume trick-or-treating, and that would keep you warm. Like yes. When it got cold at night, like that's what kept you warm. So it's like, ah, oh, this is nice. We can go for a while. Now it's like, if you wear one layer of fabric out here, you, you're risking a heat stroke. Like, it's awful yeah i'm sorry for you bren it's so nice around here i just want to walk (laughs) around it's a a beautiful little breeze you know it's like such apple picking yes pumpkin patch like Uh, hot apple cider with some bourbon in it kind of weather absolutely what's that big farm place that does uh, linvilla linvilla yeah wow that's right yeah. She knew well, exactly go- what we were talking about. I'm going there on Sunday. That's oh, oh awesome. nice. It's so top of mind for me because I'm very excited to go like hayride and apple cider donuts and mm-hmm. buy a pumpkin to carve. Yes. And they have the slingshots where they sell you the like rotten apples that oh, they can't right, right, right. sell. And you get like a bushel of them for like three bucks and you just slingshot them off a hill into the trees. That yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's such a good use of like apples they can't sell. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing that Sunday. And oh, man. Nice. Hype. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's maybe do a little bit of catch up. We haven't heard from you in quite a while. In fact, have we heard from you since like the pandemic started? I don't even recall I the believe, last time. Yes. I believe like. Early pandemic. Okay. I think like maybe April I was on um, because we had only been a few weeks into it. That's <laughs> right. It'll wrap up soon. We're, we're good. We're all starry-eyed and optimistic, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> oh, no. And then uh, six months elapsed and here we are, world-weary, exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have played, I was, <laughs> I mentioned to Doug, Doug was like, can you be on? And I was like, I totally can be on. But I literally have not played a single video game <laughs> while I've been stuck at home all day, every day with no job. Like, it's the perfect time. And I know every gamer right now feels that pain mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. being too exhausted because the world is a dumpster fire to actually yeah. get into the games you want to play. When it is, there will be no better time in my adult life to play a video game. And mm-hmm. I have missed all of it. <laughs> it's okay, Whitney. It's so, you have to manage things differently in life, and uh, video games aren't a priority. And that's the thing. For anyone new to the podcast, this is a video game podcast, technically. Uh, we're going to try to talk about them, but that's the thing. Uh, certain weeks go by, and we don't play that much, and we just kind of dive into pop culture and play some conversation games. That'll probably be more or less what we do today. Yeah. But um, yeah. also, I think there. Uh, I saw on your social media that you have a dog now. Please tell us about your dog. <laughs> He's amazing. We uh, got him from a shelter and he is just the best dog uh as you can tell by me 
before I was posting like maybe once a month on Instagram and now I'm posting almost daily and have been for the last three months since I got him. It's definitely <laughs> the best thing to come out of quarantine. Pets um, are so incredible for just mental health purposes. They're yes. just the bestest companions. I just love dogs and cats. I, my parents have two dogs and we have two cats and I get the best of both worlds. It's great. Honestly, I knew that like, I knew that having a dog would be good for my anxiety, but I didn't think that like a scruffy mutt shelter dog would be as good for my anxiety. Because, you know, he came to us, he's two years old, but almost no training and anything like that. So he's Mm. been very disruptive to schedules and to sleep and to whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sure. so I was convinced that he was not going to be good for my anxiety, even though I know dogs and like pets in general are. Yeah. But he's been so good for my anxiety. I am now uninterested in plans. Like I can't take him to Lynn Villa. And I'm like, should I even go to Lynn Villa? Like, <laughs> are pumpkins and apple cider donuts and like hay rides better than hanging out with my dog? I don't Aww. know if they are. <laughs> and it also gives you a convenient excuse for why uh, when you don't want to do anything. <laughs> like, hey, we got a family get together. Sorry, I got sorry, the I got to take the dog. the dog. I can't. Yep. Yeah, oh, I got to take care of the dog. Yeah. For uh, sure. Yeah, no, he's, don't tell my boyfriend, but this dog is the love of my life. <laughs> I know how it goes. These cats, I never mm-hmm. expected them to capture the, my heart the way they have. So yeah, pets, uh, if you don't have them, get them. Get them. Get a pet. <laughs> They could use the help. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It has been (laughs) by far the best thing of the last year. Um, So I know we joked about you not playing any games. Have you seriously not played any games? I feel like that's so crazy. One thing I will recommend if you you own a Switch, get Animal Crossing. It's the perfect escape (laughs) from this dumpster fire. I don't own a Switch. Oh, you don't? Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. That's the first thing. That's been a running thing is me wanting to get a Switch and then constantly running into barriers to getting a Switch. Oh, no. The main one during uh, all of this covid stuff has been my unemployment and i'm still not employed so as soon as i get sorry to hear that it's you know it is what it is i've been riding riding the unemployment train as long as i can i've now hit the point where i'm out of money and can't do that anymore uh but it's been nice in that when all of this stressful stuff and and you know my anxiety has been through the roof and it just always is high anyway but it's been through the roof with all of the stuff going on in the yeah. world and how terrible everything is. So I really don't know that I could have done a good job at any job that I was doing. I do feel a little bit more centered now having taken that time on unemployment, but it does mean that I didn't get a switch when I was planning on getting a switch. So mm-hmm. that's totally reasonable. And it's funny. I don't know. We met Bren when he was unemployed. That's how like you came to the show. It was, <laughs> do you remember this Bren? Oh I yeah. Know. I was unemployed for, a good long time. <laughs> yes, uh, but that's an excuse of how you were able to play so many games <laughs> in, or, yeah. early in the podcast. I was I was let go on April 1st. That's oh how long goodness. it's been for me. Jeez. And also, what a day to be let go where yeah. you're like... <laughs> yeah, right? I know oh, this wow. isn't a prank because the head of HR is on this Skype call to yeah. fire me. Oh. But like... Uh, April 1st is such a weird day to be let go. And, such a I cool mean, time. It was not, I was not the only one, and it was not unexpected. Overnight, with all this pandemic stuff, we lost, like, the company that I was working for lost a third of their business in yep. a week and a half. Oh, and my so, God. Like, having to downsize immediately was part of it. And so, like, don't begrudge them, you know, or anything like that. But it was, uh, 
it was a weird time to be let go. And now April 1st is a long, long time ago. Uh, so I've been unemployed for as long as I possibly can be. Yeah, that is a, a terrible day to do it. They should have taken that into consideration. I think Kame House, a, a podcast I'm a big fan of, and we had them on our show a few months ago, or God, maybe more like a year ago, time flies. Uh <laughs> They they put out an episode on April 1st where it was like the final episode of their podcast or something. And I literally took it like, oh, no, <laughs> they're done. And I thought it was like it's like an ABTS curse. If you guest on our show, uh, whatever you're doing is doomed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like I feel like we've had so many <laughs> we've had so many people on our show where like their shows end shortly thereafter or stupid shit like that. And I, I always attribute it to our uh, bad luck. But it's just a, a joke. Um, <laughs> we could talk about video yes, games, though. Games. That's what I was going to say. I have played just a tiny bit of Payday 2 oh, cool. um, because there were some friends who were playing it online and I'd never played it initially, but I got a PC set up over quarantine and nice. there's been a little bit of that, um, but not nearly as much as I wanted. Uh, got a little bit into Sea of Thieves, but it's hard to get everyone at, in the same place at the same time during oh, yeah. quarantine. And so I've been trying to play like group games and they haven't happened very frequently. Oh, have um, you had any experience with Among Us? I know Bren was talking about that. No, one last I have episode. not played any Among Us. Uh, uh, I am I'm very aware of it mm-hmm. and familiar with how it works, but I haven't actually played it. Yeah, I think you would have a fun time with that. I think uh, I would too, for sure. It's we'll try to get guys. that going amongst the podcast if we can. Oh, that'd be fun. I would be totally down for that. It's yeah. Since I've been playing it, that's a lot of what I've been playing. Um, it's very simple. Yeah, everyone knows the mechanics of just deception games. Um, but yeah, it's $5 on computer, and then it's uh, free for mobile, and there's cross-platform okay. play, so you can play with people oh, nice. on their phone and stuff. Um, the only reason I would recommend the PC is it seems more stable. I've seen yeah. people, I've played with people who played on like a tablet, and it seems to crash like every other game. Oh, okay. Um, but it is, I've told Doug, and I've said it last episode, there's no in-game mic, so if you're playing with people, you have to use like Discord or Facebook Messenger or some other third-party voice service. The benefit of that is you don't have random little assholes screaming in your ears all the time. <laughs> so any discussion that happens in game is through the text log. And like, it's just easier to like parse the information that way and not have everyone screaming at the same time. Totally. So it is very feasible to play with just random people in a public room. The downside is people join a game. If they're not the imposter, they leave immediately. Mm-hmm. Or if they are the imposter and then they get caught, they leave immediately. And the imposter can still help even after they get caught. So, like, mm. if one of them leaves, you're kind of screwing over your teammate, like, instantly. Right. So, like, there's just a lot of people leaving and joining and leaving and joining randomly and just kind of being jerks about that. So, that that is disappointing. But um, the team behind Among Us said, like, hey, uh, we made this game. Uh, you know, when it first came out, they're like, we made this game. It's doing okay. We're working on a sequel. Uh, once the sequel comes out, we'll make this one uh, public domain. We'll make the first one just, like, free for anyone to just mess around with, add mods, do whatever with. Uh, then the Resurgent Tech came with the Among Us, and they're like, hey, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to put everything we're working on for the sequel into the first one. So we're just taking everything we've worked on so far, and we're just going to add it in piece by piece. So, yeah, it's real cheap, and it seems to be going to be getting upgrades soon. So, yeah. Speaking of upgrades, uh, there's... Fall Guys Season 2. That's basically all I've really been playing. But uh, it's really cool. They, they've they added new maps. There's uh, all sorts of new cosmetics, obviously. And I feel like they took a page out of Rocket League's 
book where as far as like your nameplate can like change different like backgrounds and stuff so there's and, oh and you get like different names so it, it's ex- identical the rocket league actually if like you win a match it'll like display your name badge or your name plate and like a particular like nickname i guess you would call it oh, yeah. and fall guys has those and i know some people online are like i could care less about that they just want to get like spend their crowns and shit on like i don't know uh wearables for their jelly beans but it's it's a really fun game i'm still enjoying it uh there's actually a new game mode and for the first time i tried that out it was i think it was called slime survival or survivors and it's just like a bunch of the slime games specifically in a row until you win so i don't know i i have faith that they're gonna add new game modes uh i'm not exactly sure what they're gonna do but it's exciting i'm glad to see that they're giving it updates and uh making it more interesting have you won a crown yet no, and okay. it, I don't think it will happen. Like that's here's the thing. <laughs> Just I, not possible. I get to the final round very consistently, but I am not the guy that's going to beat the person that has like 20 crowns already. And that's the problem. Like I will join a match and like amongst the 60 players, I will just scan it and look for the Sonic costume because mm-hmm. that's the new costume they added. You can look like Sonic the Hedgehog, but it costs 5 crowns for the top and five crowns for the bottom so i'm like immediately if you're wearing the full sonic suit you have at least won 10 times or not necessarily one because as you level up throughout the season some of the like let's say you earn enough xp uh per level they give you like a perk so sometimes you will get a crown for free doesn't mean you actually won the game it's just like a crown you earn along the way as you're accruing experience points so i think maybe even I have collected maybe four or five crowns just from that, but not actually like winning a fucking game. The participation Uh, trophy. Exactly. So it's frustrating. I hope they add a mode that I can excel at and maybe win something. But uh, for now, I'm still having fun, even though I don't uh, come in clutch, so to speak. You got to learn from those strats. You got to learn like. Was it All right. race I'm the mountain? You stick to the side. You stick to the left side, and then I'm doing over to the, the pro right. strats, Brendan. I still can't win. <laughs> but no, it's because the pro strats don't come in handy when it's like the final match of like hexagon or fucking fall mountain or anything. I think the closest I ever got was uh, well, I did have a really close fall mountain recently. But uh, the closest I ever got was with the tail tag one. Or no, the t- it's the final match where you have to end the round with a tail and nobody else has one. And I was like within seconds of being the crown oh, owner. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that one. Yes, it was on, I was on stream. It was so fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love Fall Guys. I do anticipate playing a lot more. And that's one streamer I want to shout out. His name's Samaris, C-I-M-A-R-U-S. This guy is fucking insanely good at this game. I think in this season alone, which Fall Guys Season 2 has only started maybe like a couple days ago, he's mm-hmm. got like 16 crowns. Uh, collectively, he's over 170. Uh, it's just insanely awesome to just tune into this guy's stream. First and foremost, incredible positive vibes. Like that's one thing that I always look for in a streamer. This guy's just mm-hmm. like always mm-hmm. chatting with his chat and just uh, putting out positive vibes and he's incredible at the game. He also is a guitarist. So yeah, definitely want to shout out Samaris. I've been hanging out in his stream a lot and maybe we'll get him on the podcast one of these days, but he does consider himself an introvert, but he's, he's not opposed to the idea. We'll see. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a fan of Fall Guys, definitely check out that stream and uh, maybe we could play on our stream. That's the thing. I'm streaming a lot myself. And uh, recently I did a Rocket League stream and Pat Johnston, the melting Pat himself, one of our only listeners, uh, he <laughs> was hanging out in chat and was like, oh, can I join the game? And I was like, 
Why didn't I think of that? So yeah, if you want to watch uh, or join the t- Twitch stream and uh, play Rocket League and or Fall Guys with me, uh, if you have a PS4, let's get it going. And that's the nice thing about Rocket League. It's cross-platform now, and I was, I was able to say, play with him. That's my thing is uh, when, I was, when I lost my job, I sold my PS4 Pro, uh, knowing that the PS5 was going to be coming and hopefully I would have a job by then. Yeah. Um, so... Anything that's cross-platform, I'm totally down for because I have Xbox and I have PC now. But, like, PS4, I haven't been able to play any of the games that, like, I had lined up in my queue because I got rid of my PS4 for a little extra unemployment time. That's understandable. I don't regret. But it does mean that all the games that I had purchased or whatever are on pause until I get another PS. Well, Mm. and I think that's a thing PlayStation is, like doing now as far as their accounts go i read it in an article so this is just going off memory but i'm pretty sure if you had a playstation 3 you had like a sony account for the playstation 3 and if you had a playstation 4 you had a sony account for the playstation 4 i think now they're like merging them if you have multiple Mm -hmm. accounts any one sony account will log you into any of their previous systems so that's exciting i think you'll have access to any of the games you had previously purchased i think it's when they merged everything with microsoft fully is now a Microsoft account logs you into anything, I think is what it is. Okay. Which makes it very difficult for us when we're streaming, because all of the streaming accounts are tied together now. Oh, yeah. Yes. uh, Yeah, I switched over to my other podcast. I made a Twitch account for that, and now I'm just streaming from that, because... I'm I'm sick of Streamlabs and Twitch trying to integrate everything into one account. It's like I'm done. I don't care. I'm just, I'll make a new account. <laughs> Fair enough. It yeah. makes it so easy for like an individual, but it makes it so hard for something like a podcast. Yes, yes. For one person, it's super streamlined and it makes perfect sense because that's the majority of users. But yeah, for a collective, but when you've got a group in any ooh. sort of way, it's very very hard. It's rough. yeah. Well, in, um, even in an ideal situation, wanting to get a PS5 this year, I feel like nobody's going to have any luck because, like, uh, there was that really bad debacle with them putting up the pre-orders. Half yep. the people had it in their cart, ne- never, or, like, they oversold. It's just a nightmare. And now I'm I'm reading that, yeah, you won't even be able to purchase one until, like, March 2021. So I'm like, ah, uh, I wasn't going That's to be... That's fine. I won't have money until March 2021 <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was we not going to be a day one okay buyer I anyway. don't... I don't need it for christmas is the thing like yeah get a switch instead (laughs) everyone who wants it for christmas is boned but like Mm -hmm. i don't i'm again i'm an adult so there's other things that take priority over video games and i if i'm not ready at exactly like 1201 a.m to put something in my cart (laughs) and buy it then I'm okay waiting another four or five months to get it because I I can do other stuff in the meantime. So Big same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely will buy a Switch in the meantime, assuming that I get employed and in a financial position to buy one. I'll definitely buy one in like December, January, and that'll hold me over until I can get a PS5 easily because I'm not about to like set an alarm. That's the thing <laughs> that I don't do. Just like... I have never waited in line. If there's ever been a line for like a club or a bar or anything, I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, I'm going to a different one. Yeah, Same thing for, for tickets. For tickets or objects. I think one time I set an alarm for tickets and I still didn't get them. Yeah, so it's I the was worst. Like, nope, I'm just not going to do it. If I can't go on and buy them at my leisure, then I just won't do it. Yep. 
Well, it's also annoying as hell because especially anything online, I think NVIDIA did a graphics card recently, a big, you know, one of their big graphics yes. cards, and it was selling at like 3 a.m. East Coast time or something, like, because they were doing it for the world market. Yeah. Like, they're try- and yeah, people were setting alarms for like 3 a.m. to wake up and buy it immediately. And no, because some people program bots to buy as many as they could instantly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by, by the time I mean, you connect the to it, is, they're all sold out. I don't have any interest, even if it's an experience I would love, I'm not interested in fighting bots and scalpers. Yeah. Yes. And like eBay resellers yeah. it's for the worst. a thing. If I could just get it, then I'd be fine. And I mm-hmm. would set an alarm and I would do whatever if I knew it was just me and a bunch of other people. But when I'm fighting bots and, and scalpers and whatever, I'm... I don't have the patience. And with it's such desired it. items like this, they need to have set cart limits because it's like clearly people are going to abuse the hell out of them, buy like 10 of them and sell eight of them. So it's just yeah. like, oh, God. I remember like two, three years ago, there was like a band coming into town. I was like, yeah, I'll buy concert tickets for them. It was like 40 bucks. Yeah, why not? I like them enough for 40 bucks. Instantly sold out like the second they went on sale. And then I see mm-hmm. them being resold on like Ticketmaster or something for like. Two hundred and seventy dollars. I was like, no, not not even close. I don't yep. care about them nearly that much. <laughs> it just it sucks because yeah, you don't have a chance because it's just instant sold out by you know whatever bots have it, and it's yep. just so frustrating. It um, is, but also that like not buying stuff right away gives you plenty of time for them to work out the bugs and you know kinks with it and stuff like the exactly. switch drift, the Joy-Con drift, still a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, I encountered it very late in my Switch playing, so yeah, it's definitely still a problem. Yeah. Uh, One thing I did want to mention while we still are on the topic of video games is the free games for PlayStation Plus members this month. We got Need for Speed Payback, which, god damn it, I already paid real money for that. Uh, but no, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, any of you guys that don't have that game, go grab it for free. And then, ah, oh, fuck, I'm blanking on what the other game was. <laughs> oh, it's Vampire by Don't oh, Nod. So Vampire. I'm like, okay, Vampire, however you want to say. It's got a uh, Y in there. I never was a guy to get into vampire stuff, so, like, I don't see this game being uh what's going to change that. But then again, it's Don't Nod, so I'm like, oh, or is it going to be like Life is Strange? <laughs> eh, I'm not really sure. I, I, I'll play it since it's free, but if I'm, like, ten minutes into it and being like, this isn't doing it for me, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it'll be a good free game, because everyone I've heard that played it is like, it's a solid 6 out of 10, solid 10 or 7 out of 10. Like, it's... It's definitely got issues, but like it's you see the interesting game idea in there, and for some of it, because um, I know you play as a vampire, you're in like a city, and depending on where you kill the body in the city, it'll degrade that part of the city and like make it worse, and like rats will infest it more, and there's more crime there and stuff. So it is neat some of the ideas uh, they integrate with the gameplay. Um, it isn't just you know Blade the video game, um, right? But I, I have heard, like, yeah, it's it, there's definitely some issues with it. But, you know, hey, for free. It, yeah. Know, it's worth your time. Definitely might give it a go on stream since it's, like, spooky month. So we'll see if that happens or not. Yeah, um, uh, Speaking of the games I'm playing on stream right now, and this is actually the last game I've really been playing, is Prey. I'm getting so close to beating this fucking <laughs> game. There. there is this goddamn point, though, where I accidentally killed this guy. He was, like, in a uh, capsule out in space. I opened the door, and he's like, why'd you do that? And then he died instantly, and I was like, <laughs> oh, no. So then, and the game, like, auto-saved for me, and I was like, no. So I was looking back in my previous saves, like, how much time am I gonna have to lose? And luckily, I, it was only, like, a 10-minute gap of, like, okay, I can go back that far and try that 
again. And yeah, I ended up saving the guy and it wasn't even a, a big deal. I probably could have just let him die. It's not anything. But anyway, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that game. But like I said on previous episodes, there's so many glitches. And this time I actually encountered a game breaking glitch on stream. It just came to a fucking grinding halt. Like the oh, game man. just didn't know Jeez. what to do with itself. And I was like, Oh Lord. So yeah, that was ugly and not fun. And I was like, please don't light my PlayStation on fire. Uh, but <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, surprisingly bad in that regard. But once, if you can get past the, the bugs, God damn it, Bethesda, <laughs> I swear it's the game at all. <laughs> exactly. Bethesda. It's Bethesda. So I, I, it doesn't surprise me. You have the reputation for this and here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a good game minus the bugs. How about you, though, Bren? Uh, have you gotten around to playing anything new since the last time we talked? Uh, yeah, I already went on my Among Us spiel, so yeah, I'm playing that with friends. Uh, for oh, sure. Um, uh, I wanted to go back, uh, Whitney, though, with uh, Payday 2, because mm-hmm. I remembered that's a game I looked up. I was surprised. I got like 100 hours in that game, and I I don't remember playing it nearly that much. <laughs> uh, I guess I just got real sucked into it when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember back, they changed ownership and then they started putting stats in the skins and i remember that was like a big controversy at the time because the original owner of the property didn't want that so as soon as he sold it they that was the first thing they implemented Mm. um so uh i'm not sure how much you played but have you noticed like you know kind of getting into an mmo late in the game where you're like starting out like hey this is kind of fun and you know jimmy on your team is level seven thousand with the best skins (laughs) in the game and you know so that's that's definitely a thing i um have definitely done more tutorial single player getting into the game stuff than I have the like group heist sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um the the group heist sort of thing I've only really done a couple of times, but I definitely have already noticed that MMO sort of feeling. Yeah. Um but most of what I've done has been single player story stuff to kind of get the feel for the game. Uh because there's a lot of places where like money is that I'm not used to looking for money yeah. um like the the controls are very self-explanatory and easy to use just jumping into it if you played any video games it makes sense how to play this video game yeah. but where they keep some of their stuff uh mm-hmm. to that you need to complete the mission is a little bit different than other games so that's taken me a little bit of time to get into so gotcha. i definitely have have the few games that i've played that are like public games have had that element and i've definitely noticed an um and a certain amount of like pay to play kind of stuff yeah but it hasn't really affected me at all yet because most of what i've been doing is just you know futzing around on my own yeah gotcha that makes sense yeah for anyone who doesn't know it's your you know, a group, a group of robbers, four players going in and robbing either like a bank, a convenience store, a museum, etc. And it goes up. Um, yeah, strip club, lab. whatever. Strip club, yeah. I think it went to politician's office. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it it is fun because there's different classes that specialize in different stuff, like hacker, brute, who takes out like the th- uh, guards and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like a roguelike where you'll play the same setting. You'll play mm-hmm. like the same bank every time. But yeah. yeah, depending on the difficulty, the number of players, and what you, what challenges you uh, add to it, it'll rearrange what's in the bank. So yeah, like the money is like, oh, it's in the vault. That's where all the money goes. It's obvious. And it's like, well, we put it on a higher difficulty. So there's also like a few gold bars in the security office. So you yeah. want to break into there. It's like, oh, but that's harder. It's like, yes. But now there's a bigger <laughs> reward if you get in there. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's one of those games where it's like, 
communication really makes or breaks it. So like, well, that's the thing is I got started because my boyfriend was playing with some friends and so we can fill out a full team. Just nice. Um, so a couple of the games that I played have been people that I know and it's been fun as far as like who's covering what door and mm-hmm. who's doing what job and that communication with people you know. The couple totally. of times that I've played it with people I don't know, definitely it breaks down a lot more. So it is one of those where it's like playing with randoms on the internet only gets you so far with some of those games. It's yep. definitely better if you have enough people that you know to make a team. And that's actually kind of why I think I haven't been playing as much stuff during quarantine is because I have not had my schedule being unemployed. I've not had my schedule align with anybody who is still working. Mm. Um, oh, sure. And I've been mostly interested in games where I can fill, fill out a full game with people that I know. Like, it's been a lot of Jackbox, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, nice. and also Codenames. Uh, oh, I don't know yeah. if anyone plays Codenames. They have an online version that's... Oh, really? pretty good uh i found out about it through the polygon overboard series because they also can't play board games Mm -hmm. um so they're doing everything they're either doing jackbox stuff or they're doing stuff that they can do online and one of them that they did was code names and it's uh like the you have team captains and and you pick all the the words and it's very much like playing the board game but it's an online experience and so if you get enough people to play the game like to have two teams it's really fun but it's also very hard to get enough people to oh, sure. teams for code names so yeah yeah i was able to play this with some friends uh through tabletop simulator because mm-hmm. that has a bunch of mods so people can just make it themselves right and- yeah there's um, been a bunch of... I don't love Tabletop Simulator. It is very not user-friendly in no, my experience. No, it's real like, hit or miss. Everything is very... Um, I It just... It's so confusing mm-hmm. to me. Like, you get yeah. in there and it's not laid out in a way that is self-explanatory at all. And I realize that that's because they're trying to fit it as a template for basically Everything. any board game. Yeah, yeah. But it makes it kind of unplayable to me that's a entirely reasonable uh complaint um yeah. because with code names for anyone who doesn't know you someone knows the secret and has to try and get your teammates to pick the secret uh code word code name based on a similar like a synonym or something mm-hmm. um so they're just looking at like a five by five grid of cards uh so when we're playing on a tabletop simulator uh when you're the person who knows the word it's lit up with the color of your team behind it but because it's tabletop simulator and it was just some random guy that made it, it didn't work well. The the colored tiles behind it overlapped. So a lot of them were flickering blue and red, like between the two. And we were like, you know, someone would say, like, oh, dog. And they're like, yes, that's correct. And the other teammate would be like, the other team would be like, oh, wait, that's one of ours. It's like, is is it? And we couldn't tell because the flickering colors between the two were bleeding over so much. You couldn't <laughs> tell whose was whose. Yeah. Um, so we found out you had to shrink all of the cards. And the color tile was tied to the card itself. So when you shrank the cards, the color tile shrank with it. So they weren't overlapping. Um, so it en- we ended up finding a workaround. But yeah, like you said, we had to find a workaround just to play it. So it was like, exactly. it yeah. wasn't great, but you know. No, it's, That's it's very confusing. And there's like menus within menus and, yeah. and options that aren't readily available. And I just feel like I don't love Tabletop Simulator. Anything that I've tried to do on it has not been a good experience. But Codenames has its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's if you, cool. If you can find the own version of that game or a board game, probably better to just stick with that. 
Yeah, for sure. I did want to shout out real quick before we move on while we're still talking about video game stuff. Um, I have a friend who is half of Cypher Prime, which has made a couple of games. The one that I think everyone knows most is Auditorium, uh, but also Pulse. Anyway, they just came out with a brand new sort of like... um, it's an interactive story. It's not quite a game. It's more like an on-rails interactive story. It's out for uh, Android right now, and iOS is coming soon. I haven't played it yet because it's on not out on iOS yet, and I have an Apple phone. But uh, Line Wait, it is... Look, everything that I've seen of it, it looks gorgeous. It's a, a very immersive, interactive story. The way that, like, the text interacts with the, the motion of the phone and the... the design and everything so line weight l-i-n-e-w-e-i-g-h-t sweet uh, out for android now ios soon i know the developer and it looks really really great i'm excited when it comes out for ios because it looks like exactly the kind of thing that i'm in the mood for right now and awesome my boyfriend is also messaging me to tell me that i uh, to tell <laughs> Me to tell you that I am getting into Warhammer 40k again. Mm, (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) He said, talk about the Thousand Sons, which is... (laughs) Which is the, the faction that I am playing. And they're basically like... Uh, Egyptian necromancers. Like, they all look oh. like skeletons, and they all have oh. very, very sort of ancient Egyptian paraphernalia, and just, like, their their hoods and their robes and everything looks very Egyptian, but they, like, reanimate the dead. Um, like, all of their stuff is, is skeletons and corpses that are, like, possessed by your power. Um, uh, that, uh, Warhammer is always, like, that's the mini game. That's the one you think of the miniatures of just the one guy has just a thousand minis he painted himself. Yes. Just like, oh boy, that's a lot of time and money and work. <laughs> and just like, good God. It, it is, but with Kill Team, which is new, the like, you can build a kill team that is competitive and can play against other people for less than 50 bucks. You oh, can, wow. You can get a full set. And I highly recommend searching, like, there's a couple of videos out there that are really good by people who are way more into 40K than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not very into 40K. I bought a set of uh, Chaos Space Marines when I was, like, 17. And I painted them all and, and did the whole thing, put them together, painted them all, and then couldn't find anyone to play with me and was unwilling to go to, like, a games workshop to play by myself when I was 17. Um, That's fair. so, so I just, I, I spent like 150 bucks, painted a whole bunch of miniatures and then never actually played the game. Not ah. once have I actually played Warhammer. God damn. This is just I- taking me back. Cause I have like literally next to no experience with miniatures, but I just remembered I had a Balrog from Lord of the Rings that I was trying to paint and then uh-huh. just gave up. So I, I suck. Oh no, I love, I love miniatures painting. And honestly, if it hadn't been for the fact that I spent so much money on Warhammer and then couldn't find anyone to play with me, I probably still would have kept going with with miniatures painting because it's definitely up my alley as far as just like a pastime. Oh, definitely. It's That's fair. awesome. Some of them are just amazing. I my my hands are too dumb to paint that detail. <laughs> That's yeah, tiny but details. Like, I owned a set, I owned a rule book, I owned a whatever, and never got anyone to play with me, so I didn't play, because I had too much social anxiety to go play with strangers. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. 
It's fair. Especially it's as someone who's never played the game, and I don't know the rules, and I don't know the distance, and I don't have, like, sheets for everything, so I don't know what my army could and couldn't do. But mm. anyway, Kill Team is a new version of it, and you can, I believe you can, like, set point amounts for the team so that everyone's playing the same point amount. And that could be one giant piece on your end and, like, five little guys on the other end, but they're uh, both okay. a 100-point team. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. Um, so it's a little bit more user-friendly as far as just getting into it because you can know what level you're playing at. And so if you want a 100-point kill team, you can get a 100-point kill team for a very reasonable amount of money, either through buying individual pieces or buying a set and only needing, like, six out of that set. So you can customize the guns and whatever and pull th- pieces off of other things to, to make a, you know, that many point kill team. Um, so that's kind of where I'm getting into it now. I, I again, have not played a game still. Mm-hmm. For the amount of money and time that I spent on Warhammer 40K <laughs> to have never played a game... Um, uh. but that is something that I am getting into and my boyfriend is also getting into and he's been building his set. And so it's a thing that with Kill Team, the two of us can play together and we're getting very into, we're trying to find two person tabletop things, whether that's like Warhammer stuff or whether that's RPG stuff. We mm-hmm. actually, Call of Cthulhu, there's like Ooh. a version of it that's just two people. Um, and we are, we haven't played that yet because my boyfriend is a very invested DM who needs a lot of thought (laughs) and time to go into a story first. But but he is very much, uh, we are planning on doing a, uh, Call of Cthulhu that's just me and him. Awesome. That sounds really fun. When we found out that with Kill Team, you could do just two people and whatever, we're like, that's, we're really looking for what we can do in quarantine in our house. Cause who knows when we're going to be like going to the movie theater again or having people over. So we're, we're really looking for stuff that the two of us can do together. And Warhammer 40K is one of them. That's, it's a smart thing to invest in. Um, Yeah. I've, and I can also uh, sympathize with you because I bought like, I think my fifth and sixth uh, D&D supplemental guide, and I've been mm-hmm. in three campaigns, none of which have gone <laughs> double digits in levels. So, like, yeah. I got a lot of D&D shit for someone who's only played very little D&D. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, I could just spend all my time making, like, terrain and stuff. If I could get... If I could be proficient enough to make terrain and sell it and make a living doing that, that's what I'd be doing. I was just watching a YouTube channel where this guy does just that, and it's so mesmerizing. I could literally watch it forever. Oh, there's been a lot of terrain tutorials in our (laughs) house lately. We are watching more terrain tutorials on... YouTube than we are watching television shows. That right is now. so cool. Oh man. Well, I really do want to thank you for bringing tabletop to the to the table. Oh, pun intended. <laughs> uh, tonight because that's uh, really cool. We don't talk about it as often as I would like. We have in the past. I remember Dark Souls made a board game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's definitely been. I've been doing. I've been way more invested in tabletop during quarantine than I have been in video games. That's, that's been reasonable way better at like holding my attention and being something that my jello brain can process <laughs> because there's so much right now that my jello brain cannot process and sometimes jumping into a new story or something is too much but like oh sure 
playing a board game or starting to paint an army and learning the rules of it over time and stuff is much easier for me to handle and get a grip on right now with everything going on in the world than than like jumping into a video game knowing I'm going to have to put 60 hours into it or whatever. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Especially in board games because it's either like a self-contained game which should run like an hour to three hours depending on the game. Mm-hmm. Or it's Warhammer painting where it's like, this will last you your whole life, but you can take it <laughs> at your own pace and just paint forever. Because, uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah, I haven't gotten into Warhammer 40k. The most I've gotten into is Blood Bowl 2, which I've talked about where it's the Warhammer 40k world, mm-hmm. but it's playing football against each other, against the different oh, factions. That's fun. <laughs> and the thing is, it's just, it, it's football, but it's a turn-based tactics game. So, mm-hmm. And it's all dice-based because it's based off Warhammer, so it's based off dice rolls. Yeah. Um, so you make a movement, make a decision, and you roll like dice that have three options, and whatever comes up determines what you do. That's um, fun. The difference is when you tackle somebody in that game, they can get injured, or your player can get injured, or they can just straight up die. And I stopped playing because I played against like two streamers back to back who just decimated my team in two games. I was like, I can't play that. My team's dead. All of my team is dead. <laughs> so War uh, Blood Bowl Two is um, if you if you want to like dip your toe in the Warhammer 40k world and just have something uh, somewhat familiar with football related. It's it's very fun, fun, but it also will, you get invested because it's like, I won seven games. This guy's my best player. He's got all these upgrades and stats. He's killed instantly in the first round. It's like, I'm God done. Damn it. I'm retiring. This team's gone. <laughs> like, you gotta start over. It's brutal. But I it's will fun. also say, kill team. Um, because it's so customizable as far as how many points, like it's very clearly laid out how many points add up to whatever, like what kind of gun or what kind of mech or whatever. But mm-hmm. my my boyfriend's, I don't know what the name of his is, but he's got a whole bunch of Napoleonic stuff that he's mixing in with like goblins who are driving mechs. So it's uh. it's like old Napoleonic cannons and warfare and he's actually <laughs> bought some like little they look like they're wearing the little napoleonic uh-huh. uniforms and stuff and he's mixing that in with like goblins who drive mechs and it's, wow. it's you can Fantastic. buy you can buy like minis from other genres and customize them and add certain things as Swap long as they in. fit the guidelines of kill team wow. damn that That's is awesome. super cool that's a fucking vibe right yeah. there <laughs> Um, but it's funny you brought up Blood Bowl 2, Brent, because apparently Blood Bowl 3 is slated for early 2021, So, and I'm oh, watching wow. the trailer for it, and it looks fucking fantastic. You guys gotta check that one out, listener. Yeah, I knew they announced it. I didn't think it'd be out that early, though. I mean, yeah, I guess they've been working on it for a while, and it's a lot of similar mechanics, but yeah, it's it's interesting because there are different races. You can play as like High Elves, you can play as like Wood Elves, you can play as Dark Elves, you can play as Orc, you can play as Black Orc, you can play as Goblins, you can play as Gnomes and Dwarves, and like it's interesting playing it as someone who doesn't know that much about Warhammer 40k and playing against people who do, who are like, oh man, I can't wait till the Amazon DLC comes out. But the Amazon team was the best. I won like a perfect season with them. It's like, I like the big Orco smash. I know nothing. <laughs> I'm dumb. I don't know anything. Right. But it, it is but crazy. But I mean, if you can get into it just knowing I like big Orco smash. Yeah, that's your entry point. That's a good then- game. Yeah. If you can get else. into it knowing that much about it, then, mm-hmm. like, the rest of it will fall into place. Oh, yeah. And especially, I mean, like I said, Blood Bowl is all I know, but I did get invested in my Chaos team, and I was like, my Minotaurs are great. And then I saw him get curb-stomped at the 40-yard line, and I was like, well, oh, no. 
he was. Uh, so you do get invested when you can customize your team and be like, no, I get him. I can rename him. I can put the stats into this. And it's it just gets crazy. And it's just Warhammer is very intimidating. But I can also see how it's extremely engrossing. Like once it's got like a hook in you, it just yeah. sucks you in like Cthulhu. And you're just like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. this. So, yeah, I can nice. definitely see that as well. Yeah. Um, the last game I do want to give a shout out though. It's because it was in an early demo f- period. Uh, I saw some streamers playing it. It's a game called Party Animals. And if you haven't seen footage of this game, I encourage you like look it up immediately. Even if you're driving on the highway don't, right now, do pull out your phone <laughs> no, and look up Party Animals on that. Steam. Oh wait, no, don't do that. But no, seriously. And that's the sad thing about it. I missed the demo, so I didn't get my hands-on experience with this yet. But honestly, this is a fucking riot. It's just nonstop laughs. You have the cutest array of characters to choose from, like this a corgi. Fall guys again. It, it, but it, it is, but it's a little bit different. So it's Fall <laughs> Guys fall meets guys Fall Guys meets Smash, though, because you're literally on like flying. Like, let's say the one level is on an airplane, and I think it's like teams or not teams. Uh, it's like a one, uh, one for all, uh, and you're, it's like ten characters. I think is the max. But anyway, it's all these cute little dinosaurs and. Uh, cats and uh penguins and so cute it is extraordinarily cute but what's even funnier is watching the gameplay is it's just pure chaos because these characters move around like they're just limp noodles uh (laughs) you can only do so much as far as like smash it'll drop weapons and stuff Uh, like you can get a shovel and beat someone with that but like it's very you can do i'm watching the trailer right now and it's so cute but also looks hilarious because all any of those physics-based games are so funny in how things play out. Exactly, and watching a uh, fucking like, dinosaur dropkick a, exactly, a this cat. Exactly, like Corgi fighting an orca, mm-hmm. but they're like fighting over a brick and it's all physics-based and stuff. It looks amazing. Honestly, in, in groups of people with their friends playing this, all I saw was just nothing but laughter. I was smiling ear to ear watching these streams. I feel like, yes, to Bren's point, it will be a fall, guys. This is going to be a fab well, game, but I think it's one that everyone can kind of rally around of like, let's just go goof around and just like beat the shit out of each other as super cute animals. I'm very excited for this game and sad that I missed the demo, but yeah, and what's even sadder is the release date is just to be announced, so I'm like, <laughs> oh no, is that going to be a 20 one thing or is it going to be later this year i want it as soon as possible uh and the Just developer me right now my quick google says late 2020 so hopefully oh, well very then, there soon. we go i sure as hell hope that's true because yeah this game looks absolutely fantastic and i had to shout it out and i i think this is one i can definitely see us all playing on stream in the future i'll For say sure. this um it, it seems like it could be a fad game where it's really popular with streamers and YouTubers and, like, it explodes early, like, Fall Guys, where it just explodes I imagine for, that. like, a month or two. Yes. Um, and then it'll taper down. It still seems like it'll be a good party game. Like, if you got, like, four to ten friends, you're like, hey, you right. want to pop this in? Yeah. Um, that being said, though, this is Gang Beast. Gang Beast is a game that already exists, which is the noodly physics of, like, Fall Guys, but you're fighting each other. And that game's oh. been out for a long time. So if you want to curb your appetite, if you want this game now, and you don't want to wait, Gang Beasts exist, and they have silly costumes and stuff. They're not as detailed as animals, but, like, this, that is the exact same game. So Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. It definitely seems like uh, that's who they were uh, uh, when you learning Google- from. Right now, I was Googling Gang Beasts as Brent was talking about it. The first thing that comes up is like an autocomplete is Gang Beasts versus Party Animals. Yeah. Oh, wow. You are not the only person to make that (laughs) uh, connection. 
Well, that's the thing. It's just like Genshin Impact. Everyone's like, it's Breath of the Wild. I feel like yeah, there's certain yeah. games that it's just like, yeah, you can't I deny mean, their influence. Something's popular. You're going to copy it. And whether we've talked about with the guys that made um, uh, Fez. No. What was that shit? God. Oh, yes. Oh, wait. I know exactly what you're talking about. Fez, um, I think it was. Yeah. No, not Fez. Um, to our credit, the interview was like five years ago. <laughs> they probably forgot about us, too. Oh, um, I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, you can look uh, it we up. We have the time. But we talked to them about it because they were like, we we're like, this game is a side scrolling silhouette game, like with all black motif. Feist. Uh, Feist. Um, and it's like, it's very similar to Limbo. They're like, yes, yes, this came out the same time as Limbo. We had no idea this was coming out. They had no idea we were coming out. This is just very poor timing. And there's, there's a, a like philosophical term or like a theoretical term about that, where it's like the same idea being developed at the same time by different people who have no involvement. Yeah. The collective consciousness of like, yeah. they came up with the same idea on opposite sides of the world. And yet they created a game that's very similar and people yeah. are going to go ahead and turn around and say, look at how they copied them. Yeah, so like this one might have more uh, legitimacy to that because it's so f- long after Gang Beast, but also it's like this could this game could still exist on its own. They could definitely make it unique in their own ways, but there is no denying it is very similar in at least it the core very. concept. And I think that's honestly probably what they did. They said, let's find a game that's not super popular, but it, amongst the people that play it, they very much enjoy it. And then we'll take those characters and make them cuter. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's I mean, kind of what they did. Well, I will say is if you follow the autocomplete of Gang Beast versus Party Animals, all of the results are Gang Beast, but better. Gang Beast, but funnier. Gang Beast, but cuter. Yeah. Go. And that's what people super are saying about Genshin. People yeah. are saying Genshin is better than Breath, Breath of the Wild. I mean... I haven't, I've not played enough to confirm that, but apparently AJ, we'll have to get him on. He's got more than 50 hours into it, like, that, in yeah. the first day. <laughs> Surprising no one. Um, yeah. yeah. We've talked about that before. Like, it's like, oh, they're stealing this idea. It's like, well, nothing is made in a vacuum. Everything is influenced by something to some degree or less. And totally. so many great things are just this thing with a small, unique twist to it. And for whatever reason, that new one explodes while that original one didn't get a lot of attention for, you know, million different reasons like the timing it came out the you know developer the advertisement you know whatever reason so like yeah there's there's no reason party animals can't exist and have their own unique to to it because yeah game beast came out a while back it might it was pretty janky that was kind of the appeal but also yeah still was pretty janky like there's no denying that so maybe their code's a little better tighter and you know they got more Mm -hmm. uh, uh, costumes and stuff that are funnier more appealing so yeah it's it'll be interesting to see how they do and what they change with it definitely Um, I'll say, uh, since we're talking about tabletop stuff, um, I've been playing like two sessions a week, which I'm just being spoiled rotten by my DM of D&D, because uh, we've been playing a Fro- uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, which is the new module that came out by uh, Wizards of the Coast, like the D&D company. Okay. And it's levels, for anyone interested, it's levels 1 to like 11 or 12. So it's uh, a module for like new characters you can start off fresh with. Um, but it is, it's for new characters and, and veteran players because there's a lot of challenges in this where, uh, my DM was telling us we, we were hunting down a serial killer. We waited until we were level four and we fought him and we are, we nearly died. We nearly all died. And you get that, you get that quest at level one. And he was telling me a lot of people were saying like, yeah, their whole party was killed instantly by this guy because it's a level Mm. one quest. And it's like, no, no, no. You tell them about it at level one. They don't do it until level four. Like, it, yeah. you have to, like, breadcrumb it and stuff. So, like, it's it's a very challenging game uh, module. And it's set in, like, the Arctic north of, you know, the D&D world. 
and stuff. So you have to make like survival checks just being outside so you don't freeze to death and stuff. Um, so for anyone interested in like getting into D and D and looking for something cool and you know maybe something literally cool like in the frozen tundra, uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, I'm really enjoying it. Um, there's built-in secrets for your characters. So when you make a new character, you roll on a board out of like 20 and you have a secret, which could be, uh, oh, my uh, ex lives in this town or I was raised by yetis or there's a parasitic demon living inside of me and will burst out of my chest in two months and kill everyone <laughs> around me. So, you know, it scales. Like, it's... Nice. The secrets are wild. Um, so, yeah, d- uh, since we were talking about tabletop stuff, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of D&D and really getting into it. Um, nice. Very cool. Uh, I also, well, let's move on to show topics. There's only so much going on in the news. And one of those topics being the Monster Hunter International trailer. Uh, this Can movie's coming up. Yeah, no, we have this. to because like we have you on the podcast. You're the Monster Hunter expert this. here. We know you're uh, Mark, a Monster Hunter Mark fan. Mark would uh, be ripping my head off or rip your head off if you heard you saying I'm the expert. Well, you are. No, here. I, I played two Monster Hunter games. Uh, well, he- hear me out. I know you're a fan of them. <laughs> I'm a fan uh, of them. <laughs> what do you think of this trailer? I Coming think it's hot garbage. Oh, really? Okay, I, don't get me wrong. I wasn't that impressed myself. I think the budget must be enormous for a film like this, and yet we're in a pandemic, and I don't know how they're going to make this money back in the box office. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm tr- I want to make sure I get his name, because the director's uh, name is very similar to another director's name. Um, it's not Paul, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson is the director. Uh, he has done a lot of cult classic video game movies, a lot of the Resident Evil movies because he's married to Mila Jovovich. So they team up together and have like a production studio and stuff and work together on a lot of those movies. Um, she used to go to my coffee shop when I lived in LA. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, those are a lot of cult core, uh, core cult classic movies for a very dedicated and loyal audience. Um, whether or not they're good is highly debatable. Highly debatable. Yeah, um, no, I'm not a fan of the Resident Evil films at all. No. Um, but he's directing the Monster Hunter movie. Mila Jovovich is starring in it. And uh, we got the teaser a while back of like, we're making a Monster Hunter movie. Here's a bunch of soldiers in military gear in the middle of a desert. It's like, this isn't Monster Hunter. No one's happy about this. I believe that it was an initial uh, release to cause... Uh, anger and frustration to get people talking about it. Like, look at these shitty pictures. Because then shortly after, they released an image of one of the actors in um, true Monster Hunter garb and armor, which is the uh, character, I forget his name, his name's not important, but it's the character voiced by Matt Mercer. He's like the somewhat tutorial guy who teaches you how to play the game. Yeah. Um, he, there's an image of an actor in his armor, like exactly his armor. So it's like, oh, it's that character, like making it clear because Monster Hunter World is the most recent Monster Hunter game. So it's very much like we're tying it into this. Uh, with this trailer, leaning back into that military guard more, back into that uh, U.S. military, uh, somehow fighting monsters and stuff. And I think that's like their whole plot is like, oh, they were military people, but then they like fell into a portal and now they're on Monster Hunter World. Whoa. <laughs> uh, and a, here you go, premise. An elite military force led by Captain... Uh, uh, led by Mila Jovovich, fall through a portal into a world populated by I giant right. monsters. They meet a hunter who helps them survive in the world and fight monsters uh, as they seek a way home. Yeah, you were right, because that's a very basic-ass premise for a movie. It's dumb, it's bad, and fuck them for making this. I am... <laughs> I, like I said, I've only played two Monster Hunter games. I played Monster Hunter Try, and I played Monster Hunter World. I love them both. Um, they're very good games. There is absolutely 
no story yeah. in any Monster Hunter game. The plot that's is not, you're a hunter, you hunt monsters. That's yeah, it. That's not the appeal of the franchise, and yet they felt the need to turn this into a blockbuster. I don't expect this to do but very the well. The fact that that's like it's the only way we can sympathize with a hero fighting against a greater a greater adversary of any kind is it has to be a military unit. It has to be like soldiers in the desert. I don't know. Let's say Iraq, and they're fighting against the evil, and we're rooting yeah, for our soldiers. That's and I, real tone deaf, right? Yeah, now. it's it's. Wanna know how you make a Monster Hunter movie? Here's a person that lives in that Monster Hunter world. We're following that guide. We're following him and him fighting monsters. And right. not going back to the United States and saving the day, a la Transformer style with Josh, <laughs> whoever the fuck married Fergie. Um, right. We don't need this. This is hot garbage. And we haven't even addressed that in the last Resident Evil movie, Paul W.S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich uh, worked on directed, a woman had her... I socket crush and lost her arm and had severe brain damage for a while. She was able to recover from it. Still doesn't have an arm, though. Uh, and also, two other people died on that movie. So I'm not what? thrilled about supporting what? them to begin with. That's so, unreal. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. How are they able Why? to still make movies if that's Because happening? they're paying her to shut up because she's the oh, only one that wow. lived. So it, she, uh, I forget the woman's name who uh, survived, but she's been very vocal about, like, I'm not backing down from this. I'm still going to sue because they clearly were lacking the safety precautions and cut corners, resulting in two fatalities and a severe uh, uh, injury for another person. And it's like, good. She, she's telling the whole story and she's not afraid to, like, you know, risk her career being blacklisted by the industry to say it, which is great because mm-hmm. it is Real fucked. No one should be a die on a movie set ever. Like, no. that's such a fucking insane circumstance. And the fact that two people did and got injured, and they're like, hey, let's keep going. Let's ruin another video game franchise and risk more lives by doing it. Like, this movie shouldn't be made. <laughs> like, I don't know anyone excited for this shit show. No, and I was just, man, that went much darker than I expected. But I was going to say, I, I was going to say, uh, just for movie game or movie game, a video game movies in general, like we have a bad reputation, and then here's comes Monster Hunter swinging. So yeah, this is getting get worse. worse. Not helping. Uh, Palette cleanser. Uh, we got in the new Spider-Man Miles Morales game a Spider <laughs> cat in your backpack, and he supports you in the fighting. I, there's the like most an actual, palette cleanser. Yeah. The most palette yeah, cleanser video- imaginable. I he finishes. It's so, so good. So into all of those things. I know, right? I, I'm so excited for to see Spider Cat just completely knock a fucker out. You see uh, in the trailer, so Miles Morales like finding a backpack, like hanging somewhere, and he picks it up, and the cat pops out, and then it like dissolves, fades into another scene where he's beating up a guy in a combo, and then like as he backflips, the cat runs out of his backpack wearing a Spider-Man mask, and then like yes. scratches them, and just like, <laughs> oh shit! Like this sold. Th- this trailer, this little snippet of the catalog, sold so many copies. Of this it game. really did. <laughs> I am I like. I think I might have to pre-order it just because of Spider Cat. I'm so excited. I, um, I'm just. Happy I don't even leaning. have a PS5. I'm just happy to see like more people are leaning into Miles Morales because like Spider Man is one of my favorite superheroes of all times, and Peter's done enough. We're yeah. a little tired of no, Peter Parker. I- Miles Morales is great for so many reasons. Yeah. And I think we can really think into the Spider-Verse for like yes, the, the rebirth of Miles Morales. But mm-hmm. like I want more Miles Morales all of the time in anything ever. Like Peter Parker, 
is fine. And Tom Holland is a great Peter Parker. He's the best one that we've had. I agree. But I would rather see more Miles Morales in anything any day than more Peter Parker. I think they're planning on doing, I don't know. I saw something in the the news about like, yeah, Tobey Maguire and the other Peter Parker, who I can't remember his name. Yes, Andrew Garfield. Thank you. Uh, They're like maybe going to be in the works for like a live action Spider-Verse, which honestly maybe doesn't need to be made. It absolutely does not need to exist. No, I just think. Into the Spider-Verse is a perfect movie. And that's all we need. It's amazing. I think that we need the the Gwen version of Into the Spider-Verse animated because she was so cool in that movie. But I think Mm -hmm. that's it. I don't think we need any live action anything, and I certainly don't think we need to bring Peter Parker as, like, all the different incarnations live action that we've seen. Into one. We do not need Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland all in the same place. See? Mostly because Andrew Garfield and um, Tobey Maguire messed it up, and Tom Holland is the only one who I think really captured it. That's the oh, thing. Oh, I agree. With Into the Spider-Verse, we've seen, like, the perfect Spider-Man movie. So now, in retrospect, all of those other Spider-Man movies, not great. Like, yeah. I have a, like, personal nostalgia, uh, soft spot for the Sam Raimi, uh, Tobey Maguire same. Spider-Man same. movies. Like, I got a soft spot for that. Number two is my favorite. Go back. It, they ain't great. Like, no, they rough. It's- bad and i totally understand having a soft spot for them but like as far as who peter parker is Mm -hmm. in the the mythology and the the comic books and the whatever tom holland is the only one who's really captured who peter parker is and that's not 100 andrew garfield didn't do a fine job and uh toby mcguire didn't do a fine job and that there's there's a place in everyone's heart for those movies yeah Tom Holland had the energy. Like, he really captured it. Like, he really I captured Peter Parker's energy in a way that no one else has. Agreed. I've, I've always seen it as Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man because he was, like, quippy and smart Alec and stuff. And had um, a great butt. That too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and Tom Holland did a good job with both of them. My biggest problem with Tom Holland is the tie into the MCU where now he's just Iron Man Jr. That's my right. biggest problem with it. Right. But that's not that's For not sure. Tom Holland's like responsibility. So. Yeah, no, that like hero worship. Yeah, of, yeah. Tony Iron Stark's Man. not a great guy. Like, let's not idolize him. Exactly. Like, he's a good mentor in some ways, but he's not a good idol. Yeah. And uh, I do feel like they leaned into that a little bit too hard. Because he's, he's the one selling the merch. He's the yep. one that gets the paychecks. I do have Marvel. one conversation topic as far as video games and the news that I wanted to bring up before we wrap things oh, up. Oh, please do. Which mm-hmm. is obviously as someone with a Keanu Reeves podcast. Which <laughs> oh, now yeah. And whatever, Go on. The trailer for Cyberpunk 2077 had me literally like squealing out loud. It is yep. such a good trailer for a video game. But I want to talk about the moral like questions that come up with Cyberpunk 2077 developers swore that they were not going to have crunch time. Oh, that's they were a lot. not going to force employees to work overtime or whatever. And then Two weeks ago, all in the news, the BBC and Verge and Kotaku are all reporting that they're all working six days a week. They're all in crunch time. They promised they wouldn't. And they're forcing developers to hit this crunch time to get the release date in November. Uh. And I am, I have not been this excited for like a major 
studio game in so long. I really, really think I'm going to love this game and I really, really want to play this game. I think 2077 is going to be great, but I'm so torn because they went way out of their way when that whole conversation about crunch time and the the strain on developers and how they Mm -hmm. don't make any more money when they do this and they just basically turn them into slave labor in order to get the game done on time. They made the biggest noise out of anyone. Yeah. Saying they weren't going to do that. Right. And here they are being complete hypocrites. And here hypocrites. they are turning around and doing that. And that Ugh. makes me not want to buy the game. But it's yeah. also the game I'm most excited for. And I have mm-hmm. such moral ambiguity towards this game. And I just wanted to bring it up to you guys and put it out there because I'm definitely still going to play it. I'm definitely still going to buy it. I'm so hyped for it. And that trailer only made me 20 times more hype. But right. I'm so... They didn't need to say that they weren't going to do crunch time, that they weren't going to overwork their employees. But they did, like, six months ago. To get uh, the good uh, goodwill amongst, like, the Exactly. Fans and, right. and then they're turning around and it's holiday season and they got to get it out before gotta Christmas. Get it out. And they are doing exactly what they said they wouldn't do. And they were very vocal about saying what they wouldn't do. And I am so torn. Because that makes me want to not give them my money. There's no reason to go out of your way to say, we're not going to do this to our devs. Yeah, and there's no reason they can't just be like, instead of crunch time, let's just delay the game again. Because it's happened before. It's not the end of the world. Although to them as a business, maybe it is. And that's why they are like pushing for holidays. It's one of the most anticipated video games. Are they really going to lose that much by not being ready for Christmas? No, they're still going to be... Even if it's, like, January, there's still going to be one of the most bought games of the year. No matter when they release it. Easily, yeah. But it's, we've talked about this before, especially with, like, giant video game companies where it's, like, they don't want more money. They want all of the money. Yes. It's not enough to have a lot. But I still think Project Red is going to get all the money whenever they release it. Whether it's it's Christmas or not, they're going to make the same amount of money because it is, everyone I've talked to is so hyped for that game. Yeah. It's just whether or not they treat their employees right. Yeah, <laughs> and it's exactly. in the process. That's it's, the thing. The only thing about this game that has made me like think about not que- buying it is yeah. that they've gone back on what they said they would be doing. And it's a real mixed bag because it's a real messy situation. Because it's, I mean, it's like everything in life. There's so many different layers to it. But we had it with uh, the Last of Us Two, where mm-hmm. everyone's coming out saying like uh, the studio. Um, Naughty Dog has, like, bad work reputa- uh, reputation about it. They've got, def- like, a lot of complaints from employees, but, like, work uh, situational and, like, harassment level, I think, uh, sexual harassments within the workplace by higher management and stuff. And it's a lot of people, you know, like, they're doing crunch time as well, really forcing their employees to get it done and hit that uh, release date. And people were like, I don't want to support this game because I don't want to say I'm encouraging these practices. And then it was all the employees from Naughty Dog saying, like, yes, we understand that. But also, we did work on this. I did put a lot of work into making these characters, into writing the story, into modeling mm-hmm. this environment. And it's like, by not supporting it, it's also saying, like, my work hasn't been appreciated for all the work I did. And it's like, well, I, that's uh, like the whole debate that's happening that's the, with the Harry Potter part. game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And with everyone being like, okay, J.K. Rowling is canceled. Don't give her any more money. But also this Harry Potter game that's been in the works for years and has hours and hours and hours, like endless man hours devoted to it. And like 
the developers, whether they get paid or not, and if J.K. Rowling gets a cut, and right. and all this shit that she's doing, and she does not deserve any more money. Yeah. And I mean, she already has enough money for she's good. fifteen yeah. lifetimes. Like she's actively getting more terrible. Let's not give her any more money. <laughs> yeah. Boycott her. That's fine. But also, this game is like potentially a tentpole game as far as how it's been made and what the developers put into it and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's so hard to balance. And that was one of the conversations of like, how much of a cut does anyone get on the back end? Almost nothing. So mm-hmm. like, and it's, it's so you're not helping the developers by buying it now, except yeah. for like I've said before, you're voting with your money yes. by pre-orders and like initial game sales. You're saying, I want to see more of this, which makes those developers get better jobs in the future and work on better games. And so it's, yeah. it's so hard to be this conflicted and I don't want to be this conflicted. <laughs> Life's complicated. It is moment. complicated, but I, I just wanted to bring it up and just put out there that I'm conflicted. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, still gonna a play Harry 2077. Fan, but I I'm just want to ignore who mm-hmm. wrote it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I do want to play 77. Damn it. The, the more that J.K. Rowling doubles down on being a turf, the yeah. less that I am a Harry Potter fan. Even though I love the stories, I grew up with them. Right. I'm a, like, my whole identity was based on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I have such a deep connection to Harry Potter that I'm not just going to let it go because the person who created it is terrible. But the more right. terrible she gets, the more I'm like, I don't think I like this anymore. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get that. We've... We've talked plenty of times about the art, separating the art from the artists and stuff. And um, I do love that Stephen King, Margaret Atwood, and a few other very prolific uh, authors are basically, I think they signed an agreement. Neil Gaiman, or, too. Like a Neil bunch Gaiman. of people were all like, they all came out that really, guy. Yeah, they all came out and were like, hey, J.K. Rowling can get fucked. Like, we yeah. support transfers and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm glad they all came out. Yeah, like, no, that was amazing. That, um, everyone who, uh, and also, uh, fuck John Cleese, who signed a letter that was like, I back J.K. Rowling. What? Oh. And I was like, John Cleese. I mean, John Cleese has been terrible. Like, he is by far out of all of the Monty Python fam, the most terrible as far as his ideals. He's never really been like a great guy. He's just uh, never I been like that. canceled, I'm canceled. Unfamiliar but he with came him. Came out on Twitter to be like, I back J.K. Rowling and everything that she says, and that's after the that most sucks. recent J.K. Rowling doubling down on being a turf. And you would know him if you saw him, Doug. You've seen him a thousand times. Oh, I'm sure I would. Yeah, I just the name's not doing it. Part of me doesn't surprise me though, unfortunately. Monty Python is his biggest thing. So if you've seen Holy Grail or Life of Brian or any of that, he's one of the one of those guys. Yeah. Um but anyway. Yeah, where this episode's going long, uh I can't believe we talked about video games as much as we did. Uh, We did. We talked about it the whole time. I didn't even get to Wind Waker. Uh, it's all good. We'll save it for another we'll one. For uh, but that's the thing. Uh, let's wrap this episode up and do some plugs. Whitney, it was a pleasure having you back on the show. Uh, tell our listeners about your podcast and where we can find you on the internet. Yeah, I am on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. And you can find all my other podcasts through there. Uh, I also have Cool Breeze Over the Mountain, which is my Keanu Reeves podcast, which we just finished. Um, we have caught up to Keanu Reeves, so it's not done. But we're not making another episode until Keanu Reeves makes another movie. Are you doing uh, a Cyberpunk 2077 We will be doing a Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> Ooh, episode. Go. And uh, we have not covered John Wick Hex yet. 
uh, okay. the turn-based game, and we are planning on covering that, too. We've nice. also talked a little bit about TV stuff, and we're probably going to do an episode about his Squarespace commercials during the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but as far as movies go, we have caught up to him, so anything extra between now and his next movie is going to be bonus, but Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. We are transitioning now into uh, the Kurt Locker which is Kurt Russell, and we are going to watch oh, all of Kurt Russell's filmography. Very good. Damn. Yeah, we were trying to find someone that had as weird and varied a uh, uh, oh, resume as Keanu did, and right. it's hard to find people, like, you can find incredible actors who've done a lot, but a, a lot of them are not, like, the crazy variety of, like, horror and mm-hmm. action and Comedy. rom-com and like all that kind of stuff that Keanu has. And we decided Kurt Russell was the next one. So That means you guys get to watch Sky High. We're going to watch a lot of stuff. Sky High's great. <laughs> We've got so much stuff coming because Kurt Russell started in like early Disney movies. Yeah. Like the, the computer wore tennis shoes. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like a, right. like a 70s I'm Disney movie, but then we're going through yeah. to like Escape from New York and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Big Trouble in Little China and like all of these classic the ones, The Thing. The Thing, and, that's going to be fun. And we're going through to like the Netflix Christmas movie where he plays Sexy Santa. So that's coming up. <laughs> the Kurt Locker, but also Cool Breeze Over the Mountains if you're interested in Keanu Reeves. And then Historical Hotties is my podcast where we talk about famous dead people in history that are hot. We just uh, put up an episode uh, about people who are rumored to have been cursed. Ooh, uh, so nice. it's real people, but the rumor is that they were cursed in their lifetime. And we talked about that for Halloween. The next, we're going to talk about famous hauntings. Um, so that's historical hotties. And yeah, you can find all of that just by following me on Twitter. And if you want to see pictures of my dog, Whitney Nelson on Instagram without the underscore. Very cool. Oh, man. Nice. Kurt, the Kurt Locker. I'm looking forward to the yeah. Overboard episode. Um, <laughs> Bren, how about you? You have a podcast. Where can we listen to that and find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ABTSBrendan. Uh, and then, yeah, it's mostly me plugging uh, this and my other podcast, Are We There Yet?, where we watch uh, three episodes of an anime or watch an anime movie and then recap it and give our opinions. Uh, the original premise is we were trying to turn our one host into a weeb. Uh, after two years and over a hundred some episodes, that's not happening. At this point, I'm forcing him to just watch bad anime. That's my yep. ju- that's my dis- uh, dedication now to that an- uh, podcast. Um, so it's a fun listen. Uh, have you guys done Claymore yet? No, I think that one's going to have to be. I think one of our co-hosts has issues with Claymore, so that might have to be one we have to uh, prepare for in ahead, ahead of time. Oh, I um, love Claymore. God damn it. What, I, what are the issues? I can't wait to hear. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You also love Elf and Lied, and that oh, shows no. a fucking problematic <laughs> nightmare, so who knows? Don't call me out on the <laughs> anime I like. We had Doug on twice, uh, one for a good anime and one for a bad anime. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, we uh, It's the Halloween season, so uh, I think the last episode was Paranoia Agent, which is great. And then, as of this episode dropping, we watched the very infamous series, Ghost Stories, which is, you've seen the memes, keep it as memes, don't watch the show, it's not worth it. There you Um, go. And then, um, like I said in the beginning, Twitch is a pain in the ass to share accounts with, so I made an Are We There Yet Twitch account, which is, so far, is going to be just mainly me streaming whenever I feel like it, but I'm going to team up with Doug and figure out like how to host each other and stuff, so... Um, yeah, so it's easier to stream at separate accounts than it is to share one account now. 
Yeah, give that account a follow too if you haven't already. And we're going to try to do some more team streaming as far as like people on the podcast. Maybe we'll play some Among Us, maybe some Party Animals whenever that's available. But that's the thing. Uh, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, uh, specifically twitch.tv slash ABT Silence, streaming a whole variety of games there. Uh, trying to finish up Prey, doing a lot of Rocket League because I'm semi good at that, sort of. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing. I'm uh, having a lot of fun there. And if you want to check out the record label I run, it's MissedOutRecords.com, all sorts of emo, screamo, and math rock bands, uh, their cassettes, vinyl, etc. Uh, and th- uh, that's the thing. I have our ninth compilation album coming out on November 1st, so I'll definitely be posting a link about that on social media if you want to give us a follow at MissedOutRecords. But that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, see you guys next time. See you. Bye.